It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. This episode is also brought to you by fightingforphilly.com. You bleed Philadelphia, so wear Philadelphia. Use the promo code BGNR20 to take 20% off of your order. Hats, t-shirts, hoodies, and more. Check them out at fightingforphilly, that's F-I-G-H-T-I-N-F-O-R Philly. Com. You're listening to BGN Radio. Eagles outside linebacker Connor Barwin joins us. I heard you guys are the best Eagles podcast there is out there in Philly, so I'm excited to talk to you guys. What is going on, Bleeding Green Nation? You are tuned into episode number 161, a.k.a. the first ever BGN Radio rebuttal show. Uh, I'm your host, Matt Daring. Uh, I'm joined, as always, by fresh off his appearance from uh, the Toledo 107.2, the Shazam uh, power hour there. Uh, you can't spell blog without a Mr. Brandon Lee Gowton. How are you, sir? I'm great to be here. This is fun. The first time ever without John or James. We can do whatever we want now. <laughs> That's right. The parents are out of town uh, the liquor cabinet's unlocked. Let's get nuts. Uh, and, of course, you know him as the George to my Ringo, the cute one, Mr. Patrick Wall. How are you? How come I can't be Ringo? You can be Ringo. <laughs> I guess you can be Ringo. If you want to be Ringo, you're the Ringo to my um, Pete Best. How's that? Aww. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. So we got a lot to go on. Uh, obviously, the Eagles uh, shook the world to its very core. Uh, I believe the stock market took a big dive and then soared in response to the news that the Eagles were trading up to number two overall. Uh, to do this, they gave up a first-round pick, uh, a second-round pick in uh, 2045, and a third-round pick uh, this year. So, um, you know, it gave up. they gave up a pretty big haul, but they moved on up to number two. Uh, last show, it seemed like John and James weren't really okay with it. Um, I would say that that's fair. There were some tears. <laughs> John sounded very sweaty 
Um, so I think that uh, what we have here is we sort of wanted to provide, because I think the three of us are all pretty much on the same page, is that uh, we are, you know, anywhere from cautiously optimistic to pretty excited about what's, what we have to say here. So um, I guess why don't we jump right in? Uh, I think the first thing we want to talk about, this was the first thing that John brought up himself, was that um, why didn't they do this last year? And I think for me, uh, the reason they didn't do it last year is the reasons that we wanted them to do it last year. That's at least was my sort of perspective on it was that Mariota was a better prospect and the Titans just weren't going to sell a better prospect, especially when they did not have a quarterback themselves. So I just think that that I mean, that's the long and short of it is that, you know, if you wanted to do it last year, uh, the reasons that you wanted to do it are the same reasons why they weren't able to. But I'm curious to get your thoughts on that, BLG. Why don't you take us there? Uh, I think you're that's right on (laughs) not to not to. uh give you exactly no more insight to that but no i think i think it's it was a it's a different situation i mean mariota was so good that he wasn't available it wasn't about like it's not about like like why didn't they pull the trigger they they tried to pull the trigger or at least that's all we heard that you know they they offered this big package to the titans and the titans just said no i think there was even a story in the mm qb last year about how like andy reed basically told the titans not to take the eagles offer or something weird like that cuz everyone was mad at andy but anyway um <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think Mariota was truly available in that sense. I mean, the Eagles tried, and I don't think they could get him. I think this is, you know, people are kind of like, oh, you know, if Carson Wentz is so good, you know, like why was he available? You know, like why were the why did the Browns and Hugh Jackson like pass up on him? I I, just, I think it's a unique opportunity. I think you, know, you look at the Rams; they're at number one. Uh, they were so desperate to get up there and get a quarterback. They gave up a ton to get him, uh, but they had to. They're in a new market. I don't think they want to go into L.A. starting Case Keenum. Uh, I think, you know, Jared Goff is like the perfect just fit for them in terms of not only being pro-ready and all of that, but just being from Cal, you know, and just I think that's really marketable for them. So I think uh, that made it worth it for them. And then the Browns, they're in, they're in a really unique situation. I mean, they hired a freaking baseball guy, you know, to be part of the front office. I mean, they're <laughs> like this isn't some kind of conventional approach. Uh, I, I think they're kind of, you know, doing something – They've been compared a lot to the Sixers already in terms of like letting all these free agents go. Uh, I don't think they're really necessarily building right now to win. I think they really just want to get a bunch of draft picks and things like that. So I think this is really like a unique opportunity uh, to get up there and get a quarterback. And you look at a lot of other teams in the top 10, they don't really need a quarterback so much. So I think, you know, people get scared about like, oh, you know, is this quarterback going to be really that great? You know, if you, the Browns are passing on him and everything. And it's, it's not like the Browns have a great track record with quarterbacks anyway. So it comes back to that for me. Um, Patrick, I know, you know, you wrote a great article about how, you know, you're in favor of this. Uh, what do you think? I think I, I want to kind of piggyback on what you were saying, Brandon, because I think talking about Mariota not being available, um, piggybacking off of the story that I wrote, a week or so ago, I referenced in that story an article I wrote the year before. You know, layers on layers here of self-promotion. <laughs> but um, I, I talked about how it doesn't matter what you have to give up to go get your quarterback as long as you go get him. Uh, but that 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 cuts both ways. So if you look at the Titans last year, uh, the Eagles were, were happy to give up, or at least reportedly happy to give up, a bunch of draft picks and Fletcher Cox because they wanted a quarterback. Well, what good does Fletcher Cox and a bunch of draft picks do the Titans if they don't have a quarterback? So you have to have, you have to have a quarterback or you can't compete. So us giving up a D tackle 
to give the Titans a D tackle doesn't put the Titans in any better position. So why would they trade? <clears throat> Excuse me. And as you said, uh, the Browns are trying to rebuild and, you know, maybe they like RG three more than most people. Uh, maybe they just didn't love Carson Wentz either way. Um, you know, the Eagles were in a position where they could go up and, and get the guy that they liked. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Browns, you know, the move is less drastic for the Browns than it would have been for the Titans last year. We're talking about moving down uh, six spots as opposed to more than a dozen last year. Um, so like Brian said, I mean, this is a unique situation, but, um, you know, the Eagles didn't have to give up any players, which is big. And they were giving up draft picks down the line. So in 2018, they're giving up a second round pick. But as Howie said uh, during their press conference, now they have two years to find a way to recoup that pick. So it, it was a sort of a long term play. Um, and one, in, in, at least in that respect, that made sense for both teams because the Browns are going to be building well into 2018 anyway. Um, so, it, you know, it, it's a unique situation and it's and it's one that, um, you know, I think the Eagles needed to do. Yeah, I think that people are giving the Browns a lot of credit here, too. Um, I noticed that's been sort of a common theme is that like, oh, you know what? The Browns, they got it right this time. You know, but guess what? Their owner is still a huckster and, you know, their leadership. Paul D. Podesta is running this team via Skype. I kid you not. Like Colangelo. Yeah, Colangelo style via Skype, you know, flies in once a month or who even knows uh, kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and they promoted their guy, Sashi Brown. They promoted him from within. Like, this is the same guy who's always been there. Um, and I'm sure Brandon's got a lot to say about this sort of thing, as we'll get to later in the show. But, you know, this is the same guy who's been there. Like, the Browns, it seems like every three years they hit the reset button and people are like, the Browns got this one right when they took Barkevius Mingo. The Browns got this one right when they took Joe Thomas. The Browns got this one right when they hired Joe Banner. The Browns got this one right hiring Chud or... um. Pat Shermer or like, I mean, just a, just a reals who's who of like, man, are the Browns on the right track or what? And get, you know, that's resulted in them t- picking in the top 10, like seven of the last eight years or whatever nonsense. So I, you know, I'm, I'm just going to hold my nose on that a little bit, but to me, that's a little absurd. Uh, I think that the next thing that, that we want to talk about is that a lot of people are criticizing this pick because Carson Wentz, uh, he probably won't play this year. I mean, we see that we saw that they went out and they spent a ton of money on the quarterback position. And this even had Andrew Brandt out there pounding the table and saying they are not going to do this. And I don't believe that they will. And, you know, all this other stuff. But, you know, they spent, what is it, $30 million or something at the quarterback position this year only to go and move up for that for that uh, number two guy. So, you know, I guess people are a little worried because he won't pick and he won't immediately be to contribute. Uh, but I guess, I don't know. Yeah, that's not great. Um, but I guess, you know, they're taking a longer they're taking a longer view here because, all right, look, I, I hardly think that the career of Carson Wentz hinges on the fact that he will play or not play the first 10 games of 2016. You know, if we're talking about a, a franchise guy, we're talking about how he looks seven or eight years down the line, not going to be like, well, those first 10 games, that really killed him. So, you know, to me, I'm just not really that worried about it. What do you think, BLG? Yeah, it doesn't bother me that he's not going to start right away. Uh, Adam Herman, welcome to BDN, by the way. Adam Herman um, had a good article about, you know, about how kind of doesn't really matter so much for quarterbacks sits and starts. And I've seen things like that. So I don't, I think, you know, we might put a little too much into being like, Hey, this guy's going to sit and he's going to develop. And I think, you know, there for some development to happen, the quarterback actually has to play. But I think, again, this is kind of, you know, you're looking at that kind of data. And again, this is kind of a unique situation of this is Carson Wentz. Cause it's a guy coming from a lower level FCS school and all of that. I think, you know, he, that's a guy who can really benefit from learning from the the uh, the touted trio of Doug Peterson and Frank Reich and John DiFilippo that 
Howie Roseman keeps trotting out there. But uh, with Carson Wentz, again, yeah, it's it's not fun. You know, like, I mean, you want to see the guy that you get, especially the trade up for, and, you know, he's on the stage on draft night and he, him and Roger Goodell are holding up the jersey. You know, you want to see that guy play. I mean, you don't want to have to be like, oh, all right, you know, when are we actually going to see this guy take the field? And uh, it doesn't look like it's going to be this year because Sam Bradford is going to be here. You know, there's been talk about trade, but, you know, I think we all know that's probably not going to happen because of the $11 million cap hit and all of that. And just because you know, I think the Eagles want to win this year, you know, they, or they want to be competitive at least this year. And that's they feel they can because the NFC East still isn't that great. Uh, and and really, when you talk about, like, oh, why did the Eagles... Because there's a lot of that. It's like, why did the Eagles bring back Sam Bradford then? Well, I mean, like, the Eagles didn't know they were going to be able to get to the number two pick. I mean, you have to have contingency plans. And really, uh, I compare this to, you know, what Seattle did when they... And I've been saying that, I think, like, literally every podca- podcast I've been on uh, this offseason is that uh, they tried to sign a guy in Bradford... They have, they have a high-end, quote-unquote, backup in Chase Daniel. Now you're getting a high draft pick in probably Carson Wentz. So, I mean, it, it doesn't hurt to me to put all those resources into the most important position in the game. Uh, I think, you know, Carson Wentz, We I don't know when we'll see him. Maybe it isn't this year, but, you know, maybe you know, Sam Bradford plays. He plays decent. You can trade him for a draft pick, and then you're offsetting what you paid to get him. And then, you know, maybe Carson Wentz, or hopefully, ideally, he w- is going to be your starter, or at least competing for that starting job next year. I, but I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Matt, where you just say, like, it's, it's, I don't think, it's, it's not, I, here's what John and James, I think, were saying. You know, they were saying that uh, if he's so good, why isn't he starting now? And I just, I don't really, I just, I think, you know, we don't agree. That's, that's somewhere where we don't agree. Patrick, what do you think about that? Yeah, I, I think there's definitely reason to be concerned about the level of competition that he was playing against and the level of comp- or the level of competency uh, he had around him. Um, but here's my I think there's a bigger point here. Say the Eagles stayed at eight and they drafted Ezekiel Elliott or they drafted, uh, you know, a corner or an O-lineman or some or Miles Jack or something like that. Does that change the long term outcome of this season? or of this of this franchise's future to me it doesn't because you still don't have a developmental quarterback you know taking taking Dak Prescott in the third does that make the season more interesting does that make the next 5 years of this team's future that more exciting this team is a borderline playoff team as it is now so to me this season is not going to be a super bowl season <gasps> so why not go get a quarterback <laughs> how you know, shocking you. This is this team would get obliterated by the Broncos without a quarterback or the Seahawks, probably. So who cares? Go get a quarterback. Let him sit again. Who cares? Let Sam Bradford play, you know, play out the season, basically trying to pad his resume for when he gets traded in the offseason anyway. And then you have a future with Carson Wentz down the road. And all of this is assuming that he doesn't play at all this season, which I just could not possibly buy. Uh, Joel Do- Joe Dolan had a, an excellent point where he said the Eagles sitting Carson Wentz for the entire season would require a level of patience that the NFL has not had in a decade. Uh, I did a little bit of digging on this and there have been 15 first round quarterbacks to start at least a game in their rookie year and only two started fewer than 10 of those games. So I don't buy the idea that Carson Wentz is going to sit for a season. Uh, I, I think a lot of people 
all, all offseason, what were we arguing about is Sam Bradford's seven games <laughs> and whether or not they were good. We have such quarterback Stockholm syndrome that we can't even recognize good quarterbacking. So I feel like unless he has another one of those BS like half season stretches where he's like pretty good, but like kind of also not really good and like, OK, you're going to see Carson Wentz this season. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of with you. Uh, one note on the uh, the Sam Bradford cap hit. It actually would be a cap savings if you traded him. Uh, because he counts for twelve and a half million, so even with eleven million dead money, that's still a one point five million dollar gain. Not that I think that there's even a chance in hell that that happens, because then you're rolling into the season with Chase Daniel as the starter, and that sort of crosses that respectability threshold that Sam Bradford's managed to hover just above his entire career uh, <laughs> and into you know into something a little bit not as good. I mean, just a real quick thing on that. I think that they talk about in sports a lot about like self-selecting kind of guys where, you know, the reason that a guy plays for 20 years, even if he isn't that good, is because he's not quite bad enough to be replaced. And I feel like Sam Bradford is just hovering right above that, you know, and mm, so that's why that he sounds always, familiar. Yeah, yeah. Well, so he always shows up on those lists. And I guess, I mean, my, my thing with Sam Bradford is that you could always see that the talent was there. And you couldn't really see that with any of the guys that we've really had. Well, you certainly couldn't see it with Foles, but I mean, Foles is, <laughs> Foles is so long ago. But, you know, you could always sort of see like, right, there, I mean, there's, this could be a thing. And, you know, Sam Bradford, he could be a thing. I mean, that should be like the subheading on his resume when he inevitably ends up selling medical supplies or whatever. So, um, but I think, you know, what we're seeing here is that the, the team is, is progressing and they're taking a long view and, you know, they clearly seem to believe in this coaching staff and whether or not we do, I guess, remains to be seen. But um, they clearly believe that this is the sort of coaching staff to take a guy from the FCS level and, you know, turn him into a franchise quarterback and they probably will be able to do it. They, they would hope to try to be able to do it by, and I agree, Patrick, uh, by like November, you know. So um, I'm with you there. I think the next thing we wanted to cover is that, uh, and we touched on it a little bit, but but I think that uh, we're talking about, you know, we could have taken someone else. And, you know, would that really have helped? Uh, and I guess, I guess, Patrick, you already sort of said like, well, it might have helped, but it probably wouldn't. And I'm, I'm pretty much with you there. That You know, we could take a tackle, and he could turn out to be incredible. Or we could take Miles Jack, and he could turn out to be Ray Lewis. Or he could turn out to be Aaron Curry, or he could turn out to be, you know, who knows. But, you know, you could you could be talking about something like that. Um, but would that really have, have affected the long-term outlook of the team? I'm not sure that I... I mean, it could have, but I think that that would have been largely by accident. What do you think, BLG? I think uh, one thing to bring up here is, you know, a lot of people talk about that J.J. Watt draft and how a lot of teams took quarterbacks instead of him and how it didn't work out for them. Well, guess what? What have the Texans won with J.J. Watt? <laughs> and what don't they have? A quarterback. Now, I'm not saying those teams should have passed on J.J. Watt. I mean, obviously, yeah, you would rather have him than Christian Ponder or whoever. But the point is, like, you could have what's considered to be one of the best defensive players in NFL history, or at least one of the best uh, defensive players in today's NFL game. And again, the Texans aren't winning playoff games. They're not contending for a championship because they don't have a quarterback. And again, not, not to crap all over John and James here, because, you know, we clearly love those guys, but I just don't agree with the point that you can really, I mean, you can build your team and then add a quarterback. I'm not saying you can't because it's been done. I just don't think that's the most likely or realistic option. I don't think uh, for as much as I've been talking about Seattle and comparing what the Eagles are doing to that, that's a little different in the sense that, you know, they, they had a defense in place and then they drafted Russell Wilson. And they went from there. I, I don't think it was the same situation for the Eagles. I don't think uh, you could just be like, all right, we'll get a quarterback later. Cause I think this is an interesting point that kind of, 
I think Charlie Casterly said this, and Jimmy did an article on it, is that a lot of teams in the NFL are going to need quarterbacks. You know, Tom Brady's getting up there. Tony Romo turned 36 this week. Drew Brees is getting up there. There's a lot of teams out there uh, that are going to need quarterbacks, and I think Howie Rosen kind of brought this up too. And I think there's legitimacy to that, you know. Uh, that was another point by the guys on, on the, the, the reaction podcast is like, you could have done this later. Well, maybe you couldn't have, because first of all, uh, this could go back to what we started at the beginning of the show where you might not be able to trade up because there might be a team at the top of the draft that just likes the quarterback. You know, they were talking about Deshaun Watson and everything. I mean, uh, there could be a team that just gets number one. The Eagles aren't up that high because they usually aren't up that high. It's like what they're, uh, they're, They've been in the top 10, what, like something like twice in the last 16 years. So, I mean, it's it's not really a common thing for them. And I think, you know, the competition for those quarterbacks is going to be, it's going to be a heavier competition because you, you look at these teams and not only are their quarterbacks getting old, you don't see a lot of replacement plans in place. Like, all right, Jimmy Garoppolo in New England, maybe, maybe he's something, maybe not. But I mean, that's just one example. I mean, uh, you know, what does New Orleans have? Garrett Grayson or whoever, like, that's that doesn't really a do Sean, a lot. Sean Mannion, wasn't it? Or well, that's that's in L.A. Oh, right? No, that's in L.A. Yeah. So oh. I mean, like, there's not a lot of. I don't think there's a lot of clear replacement options out there, and this could be a, a rare opportunity where, like, the Eagles are kind of getting ahead of the curve here by bringing in their rookie while some of the older guys are going out. And you know, I think so. I think the the market for quarterbacks is going to be even more expensive uh, and more competitive in the future. <laughs> Hey, everybody, just JB uh, chiming in just for a second. I think the guys are doing a fantastic job on the rebuttal podcast here on 161, and I'll have a few clarifying thoughts on the end as to some of their points here, which I think uh, they definitely make a great case here. Uh, just want to remind everybody about our two sponsors, ClipIt.TV. It is the best and hottest app that is out there. You can find them on Twitter at TV. I see a lot of people tweeting out and starting to use it who are listening to the show, and we really, really appreciate that. It is live television in the palm of your hand. Forget Vine, forget holding up the phone to the TV screen while you're on Twitter to get those squiggly, awful-looking pictures. It is live television in the palm of your hand that you can, if you're watching a sporting event, like most of us are going to be this this year and every year and every single moment, especially with the Flyers playoff run that ended, the Philly season is starting. And of course, you're going to have you know training camp clips, interviews, anything around from news, sports, politics. It is right there in your hand. You can watch live television or go back two hours to something you were watching and share it right there on Twitter, Facebook, anything else that kind of carries videos around there. Just clip it, TV, full 30-second HD clips Go check them out uh, in the App Store and also for Android and, again, on Twitter at Clippit TV. Also want to send a, uh, a a big shout-out to our latest sponsor, FightingForPhilly.com. We bleed Philadelphia, so why not wear Philadelphia? They have awesome Philadelphia sports and just regular Philly-themed T-shirts, hats, hoodies, everything that's in between. The last show I told you I just snagged a old-school Eric Lindros 1994 I said 8-bit graphic, which the nerd in me absolutely yelled out because Sega Genesis was definitely 16-bit. But regardless, they have uh, all those kind of cool designs. Anything that you can imagine, Philadelphia, they have there for you. And guess what? They're giving out everybody that listens to the show. Just use the promo code BGNR20, and it is 20% off of your order. Done and done. Just for listening to the show. So make sure to go check them out. That's F-I-G-H-T-I-N-F-O-R philly 
Sportsgrid.com. I'm going to let uh, Matt continue to take it away, and I'll have some thoughts right at the end. Of course, I hope you're all gearing up this week. We're just a couple of days away from the draft party going on at Nick's Roast Beef in the Northeast, 2010 Cotman Avenue. Uh, again, we're giving away Eagles tickets to the home opener versus the Browns, which is obviously the hottest topic that's going to be continuing on through the offseason. But we're giving that away. Skull shavers, barbecue sauce, all sorts of things. It is 100% free. There's The whole crew is going to be there, along with all the Eagles fans uh, that uh, we love so dearly. We definitely want to meet everybody out there. So get in there. Uh, $3 Bud Lights all night long, 16 ounces either. It's not like the 12 ounces where... We're talking about the Pounders. That's how awesome Nick's Roast Beef is going to be. Matt, take it away. We'll see you at the end of the show. All right. Uh, transitioning on to the uh, last thing we had in our agenda today. Uh, what does this mean for the front office? I think this is an interesting question. And uh, props to you, Brandon, for for sort of bringing it up. But I think that... Um, I think that with the front office being how it is, I mean, they just gave up. I mean, this was this was a good amount of picks. This was certainly an investment. This is not the sort of thing that you would do, certainly without ownership approval, certainly without thinking this through. This is not like a conditional fourth and and uh, Matt Barkley and let's get it, let's get it gun, going. This was uh, this was like a substantial investment um, as far as as far as picks goes. So you know, what does this mean for the front office? What does this mean for the coaching staff? I think it's an interesting question. I think all too often in the NFL we see. Uh, guys draft quarterbacks for the guy after them. They draft quarterbacks for the for the coaching staff in the front office that that comes after them. I think the Jaguars did it a few years ago. Uh, the Titans did it um, just last year. So did the Buccaneers, for that matter. I think that you know what you're talking about here is a lot of times there's not a lot of continuity, and in fact, guys don't really even get their own guy. They're just sort of tossed in the situation and told to sink or swim. So I think it's it's very rare when you see a, a coach come in and immediately take his guy within the first like year or so and then move on with it. I mean, God knows Chip Kelly didn't even really get to do that. And, you know, he's already he's already fired. He's already panhandling for nickels in the streets of San Francisco. So um, I, I guess that I'm sort of interested to see, like, what happens. And I think our good friend Dave Mangles made a good point, which is that this front, this front office will sink or swim with this decision, and it'll come sooner rather than later. And we can know if these guys are worth their salt or not. But I'm curious to get your take on it, BLG. What do you think? Yeah, this is the make-or-break trade for Howie Roseman. And... For as much as I've criticized Howie, I've, I've always felt like I've been fair in the sense that I've said he's not terrible. He's just kind of mediocre. And I think the two biggest criticisms I've had of him are that the team hasn't won a playoff game under him and the team has not had a franchise quarterback under him. And, I, you know, those go hand in hand. And now this is finally the point where, you know, uh, he's Howie Roseman is sticking his neck out there and he's not going to be able to avoid – the, the blame this time if things go wrong. He was the one at that press conference answering questions right after this trade broke down. I mean, there's no one else. I mean, if, if somehow they pin this on Doug Peterson, I mean, that would be pathetic because it's clear that, you know, Doug Peterson is not working the phones and pulling the strings here. And and Harry Roseman is the guy who hired Doug Peterson, by the way. So, I mean, this is the point where, you know, if this trade doesn't work out, I mean, I think that's the good thing. I mean, obviously, you're not going to be happy if the trade doesn't work out. Yeah, because the Eagles will be, will be bad. And they're not going to have their draft picks. That's the worst case scenario. But I feel like you're going to know that, you know, you're going to need to move on from Howie Roseman. It's going to be a clean slate. And I think that's a good thing if things go wrong. Now, on the other hand, if it works out, I mean, it's great. I mean, then, you know, it was right to keep Howie Roseman. Uh, you know that the Doug Peterson hire was right and all of that. So I think I like the clarity in this move. I think, you know, it's either going to work out or it's not. I don't think there's a lot of room in the middle where you're kind of like, well, you know, should we do this? Like, should we? 
Like, we're, that's just where the Eagles have been, They've, especially with the Howie Roseman era. It's kind of like, well, they're not terrible, so probably shouldn't fire them, but they're not, like, actually contending either. So, like, what do we do? I think this is a move that either puts them in the top or the bottom. And it's, so it's kind of like when we talk about the Sixers in the process, I think it's kind of like the same thing to that. I mean, like, either want the Sixers at the bottom of the league in, in a position to get a, a top talent in the draft and a star and like that, or you want them to be actually contending. You don't want to be stuck in the middle. And I felt like previously they were stuck in the middle with Howie Roseman. And I feel like this is the move that will either, like I said, make or break the franchise. Yeah. And if you want to get a little darkest timeline with it too, one other thing to think about if the, if the Carson Wentz pick crashes and burns and he's terrible, and they realize they need to cut bait with him after three or four years. Guess what? The Eagles are going to be picking at the top of the draft again. So there could be another quarterback just right after that. So you know you can't you can't go into this thing thinking like, well, what if it doesn't work out? If you if you believe in this guy, and clearly, I mean, the Eagles were sort of uncharacteristically open about how much they wanted a quarterback in this draft to the point where it almost felt like a really bad smokescreen. Because it just seemed like they were telegraphing the quarterback needs so much, um, you 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 got to go get him. I'm sorry, you have to just go get Carson Wentz or uh, Jared Goff, I guess. But it, it's it's pretty simple to me. I don't I don't think you have a chance to get a quarterback when you're picking at 21 to 24 every year, um, unless you're in a weird situation like this where. You know, maybe we talk about this in, in basketball a lot, too, and a little bit more in football uh, recently. Talk about, you know, uh, exploiting the market or finding undervalued um, aspects of, of a guy's game. And maybe maybe Carson Wentz going to North Dakota State is, you know, the level of competition is is what made this pick possible. I mean, it's going to be hard to say. Yeah, and I agree. I um I think that. I mean, that could be, that could have been, that's a, that's a great point, P. Well, I think that, uh, you know, it could have pushed the price down on this somewhat, you know, because if you're talking about trading up for a franchise quarterback, it doesn't seem like they gave up a whole lot. Contrary to what everyone says, I still, I, I mean, I have no problem with this price whatsoever. The price that they paid with a 2018 second, you know, a first rounder next year to move up to number two and take a quarterback who you hope is going to start. And if not, you're going to be out of a job anyway. I think that, you know, that to me was not, it didn't reek of desperation. It did not reek of, of really of anything it was just this was just a solid deal that the eagles got and you know fingers crossed the browns will be kicking themselves again under head coach um uh cooper shula or whatever <laughs> uh here in four or five years saying you know dang we, we well we didn't get that quarterback but we sure did get another phil taylor type so yeah. uh <laughs> but, but, but uh so um yeah, I think that's about done for me. Why don't we go to final thoughts uh Patrick? I will say this. I think that this move is the kind of move that you want your front office to make whether or not you agree with the player that they're getting or the picks they give up you want your front office to be bold you want your front office to not settle for mediocrity um and you want to you want a front office that's willing to put their jobs on the line to make the team better i think the worst situation you can be in as a sports team is to be in a in a position where everyone in the front office is just working to not get fired that's how you become, I don't know, the Cowboys or the Rams or a team that just goes seven and nine or eight and eight every year. <laughs> no one in the Cowboys is ever getting fired. So. No, God, no, of course not. And so you want to be that team. And I don't think I, I think I, I get the idea that Carson Wentz is coming from a one double A school. He's 
barely seen a, a, a legitimate pass rush and he's about to get thrown into the fire. Um, but you, but you have to take these kind of risks if you want to be a great team in any sport. Um, and in a sport like football, which I think tends to be pretty risk averse in situations like this, I mean, Howie, I think has like the all time record for most trades made in football or something. Yeah. Uh, these are the kind of moves you want to see your team do. Um, and I will end on this. I have a prediction for down the line this summer. I think Carson Wentz is going to look awesome in camp and horrible in preseason. And mm-hmm. please, for the love of God, if you see him in Philadelphia after he throws three picks in the play in the preseason, don't spit on him. Yeah, do not do not spit on Carson Wentz. Uh, that's that's my first of three <laughs> final thoughts. Um, number two would be. Um, uh, so you, you threw me off with the spit thing. Now, now I'm still thinking about that. Uh, the second one would be that please come to the draft party if you're listening to this. Yeah. I would love to see you there. It's on uh, April 28th, the first night, the first round of the draft, I should say. Uh, starts at 7. Nick's roast beef on Cotman. Uh, it's going to be a good time. We're all going to be there. It's going to be fun. Uh, even though we kind of already know who the Eagles are probably going to pick. Of course, now I say that, and then Carson Wentz will go number one. We'll be like, what the hell did this happen? Uh, no, I think it's going to be Wentz. But speaking of Wentz, uh, my third and last final thought, I guess we haven't talked a lot about him as the prospect as much, and I think that's a, a big point of why John and James and, and, of course, Ben, especially Ben, poor Ben. Uh, <laughs> Ben's taking it hard, man. If you see him, give him a hug. <laughs> yeah, please do. Please hug Ben. Um I get it. I mean, I think there are reasons to be concerned. I watch him. I'm not obviously not the biggest. Uh, I can't say I'm the biggest college draft expert. But when I watch Carson Wentz, I see things I like. I see things I don't like. Uh, I know there are a lot of people out there with respectable opinions that that like Carson Wentz a lot. I mean, you look at Mike Mayock, he's talking him up. And yeah, Mike, My- Mike Mayock has been wrong about things. But you look at Greg Cassell, he really likes Carson Wentz. Uh, uh, Philadelphia Eagles dot com's own Fran Duffy and is a as a big Carson Wentz fan and not just be, this isn't just like recently I mean he's he's been on Carson Wentz for a while now before the Eagles even moved up so it's not like you know, he's just shilling out for the team here but you know, there are a lot of respectable people that like him and obviously there are people who don't I mean you'll have been a lot of quote unquote draft Twitter for whatever that's worth does not like Carson Wentz and and I don't know you know we we don't know we don't know how he's going to project to the NFL. Uh, but I think we the 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 final point here is that we, that we can all agree on is you know they took a risk worth taking, and I'm interested to see in how it plays out. You know, like to to end it here. You know, we talk about uh, Matt getting like a first round pick on someone else. I mean, yeah, that might be fine. That might be a good move, but it doesn't change much in the long picture necessarily. Now, now I think we're all like you know again it comes down to making or breaking the Howie Roseman era. I think it's an exciting time. I think, you know, we're all just genuinely interested to see how it'll play out. Yeah. And for me, I just can't wait for the season to get started. I'm uh, pretty excited, you know, just to see to see what happens. Like, uh, you know, who knows? This guy could come in week four. God knows Sam Bradford's not, the, you know, the picture of perfect health. <laughs> um, you know, and fingers crossed that, that he stays healthy and has a, a long career with many children and his crops are never barren and, you know, all these other things. But, you know, I think that... Uh, <laughs> It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun, and I I certainly can get a lot more juiced about this than like a tackle who can also play guard. You know, I think that like for me, like this is the sexy thing that could have happened. Even though Carson Wentz himself is not exactly uh, a very sexy guy, um, I think that yeah, I, I'm I'm just I'm just looking forward to it. You know, it's a little different. It's a little bit of excitement. We haven't had that in a long time. I mean, you think about 
really like what's the last time we had like a legitimate superstar you know you might argue it was shady but then you're like talking about going back to 04 and to or you know i guess dawkins and you know the whole defense pulled it together in 08 but that was more of a team effort like i think that the last time we had like a like a real franchise you know player like a just a game breaker it's been a while man so uh you know i'm looking forward to it uh i think that's gonna do it for us uh this has been episode 161 uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for putting me through my paces as far as hosting goes. And uh, we'll hope to see you at the draft party on April 28th at 7 on Nick's Rose, at Nick's Rose Beef. And we hope everybody's going to be there because it's going to be a real good time. We want to meet everybody. You know, everybody that listens to the show, got to be there. Got to show up. I want to meet you guys face to face. We'll uh, we'll laugh. We'll cry. Uh, and, uh, you know, we'll share the maybe we'll share some annoying hot takes together. Who knows? But uh, great job by the guys, especially Matt, for. For hosting, I think the uh, I think they put together a hell of a show. I just want to have a few closing thoughts here, and just to clarify a couple of things here. I think n- any one of us are not upset with the process that the Eagles took. I think a- anybody would be uh, fine with that. Patrick mentioned them being aggressive, and I agree with that. I think you have to make your mark and do your thing here. It really just comes down to the players' talent. I think that's what James, Ben, and I all believe is not worth doing right now. And yes, yes, you can, you know, have uh, multiple options, and that's what we all want. But this is this is really paying the price for it. So not only are you paying the price for the draft picks, you're also paying it in the cap hit this year. And, you know, Bradford's not going to be here too, but you also have Chase Daniels. You have all those things into, into it. I do agree that it is the most important resource, so I think people tend to overreact. I think we did a little bit too as far as the resources that are in there. It's just that you're paying the price for all three of those. And on top of which, I just don't think that Ben James and I think Carson Wentz is is worth that talent. And you're going to end up passing on better guys. And yes, JJ Watt, it, thank God. I mean, if you're gonna have if you're gonna have a guy that's gonna be a player, and we'll just relate it to there. I mean, if they had passed up on Fletcher Cox and instead of uh and took Christian Ponder, I think we would have I think we'd have trouble with that, you know, just the same way that we have Earl Thomas and Brandon Graham and blah, 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 and everything else in between there. So, yes, I, I do see their point. Does it help the Texans right now? No. Would it have helped the Eagles right now if it was just Fletcher Cox that's on your team? Well, kind of, I guess, because they went and got their quarterback now. You know, there's always going to be a time where you can point and shoot at the hip. Are they going to be in the top 10? <laughs> Maybe not. Probably not. You know, they are in that. 7 and 19, but they're talking about a year that you just went from 13 to 2, and another team just went 15 to 1. So, yeah, I understand that argument too. That, that'd that be the only thing I'd say on the other end as well. Like, it is, I, I think that we, we all get tied up. We all have our biases on how to exactly build a team, and you need to have a quarterback over in anything, which, again, all of us agree with. You all need to have a quarterback here. I think just the trio on the other side doesn't agree that Carson Wentz is going to be that guy. So that's where we're at with that. And to Patrick's point about wanting the front office to be aggressive, to not be just okay, was exactly what they did last year. We just didn't agree with a lot of the moves, right? And maybe, and probably how he's going to be the general, better general manager here as far as what he's constructed already. I think every single, most of the Eagles fans agree with all of the moves here. This is the big one that we're we're very back and forth with. The price to pay for a franchise quarterback or what they just paid is nothing. 
but we don't know if that's Carson Wentz. And I think that's the crux of the argument, and we're going to have that forever. And I don't think that the uh, other trio of us can get as juiced as Matt, but I wouldn't expect you guys not to be because, hey, we want the, we're all Eagles fans. We want this thing to work out. And if it works out, oh, man, we're going to be talking about it forever. Like, I can't believe the Browns screwed it up again. And that was, was what was making me laughing about a lot of Matt's points is because, yeah, I mean, we are giving the Browns a little bit too much credit here, you know, in their, in that regard. But regardless of that, of our own evaluations and opinions, I, I just think that we just don't think Carson Wentz is the guy. That's what it's coming down to. That's what it's coming down to for the entire internet, for all of Twitter. Is Carson Wentz that guy? Which, hey, we can have another quarterback debate for what seems going to be uh, in a, another entire year. Because if if it truly is that he's going to sit out the entire year, I'm sure we'll see him, you know. But if Chase Daniel goes in instead of him during that time period when inevitably Sam Bradford gets hurt for a game or two or whatever or just plain sucks, and he goes to Chase Daniels instead of Carson Wentz. Are you pausing for a second? I know that's a big what-if game. And that's something whether we're going to talk about in October or November or whenever it ends up happening. But then what? You know? It's just, and we can have this debate on and on. Uh, but regardless, I think we all agree with the process. Really just comes down to the player. And there is a difference between Carson Wentz and Andrew Luck. <laughs> you know? And I think there are for a lot of us. And I think I, you know, I respect Mike Mayock and Jaws and everybody. Uh, they do have a lot of Philly ties in there. So I'm not as amped as those guys. And I know Fran Duffy, who BLG mentioned, we're going to have on after the draft to maybe convince me a little more. Maybe I will be, you know, talking myself into Carson Wentz in August. But for right now in April, before the draft has happened, I'm not there yet. Regardless of that, I just want to say thank you to everybody out there because we broke another record back-to-back again uh, from uh, our our highest-rated episodes when Jim Kelly got fired and when Carson Wentz, uh, when the Eagles, rather, excuse me, traded up to what looks to be Carson Wentz, uh, that uh, broke another record. So 32,600 of you listen to that episode, and it keeps growing, and so do the downloads, and we appreciate everybody, no matter what your opinion is. You think I suck, you think Matt sucks, you think James sucks, BLG sucks, is good, great, whatever. Uh, we are all Eagles fans, and we thank you for tuning in. We all have different opinions. That's what kind of makes this thing great. So uh, th- thank you very much to the BGN and BGN radio community, as you guys have been fantastic, as you always are each and every year. Uh, we're going to wrap that up, and hopefully we'll see you at the draft party. Nick's Roast Beef, 2010 Cotman Avenue, April 28th. Going to start getting the festivities going at 7 o'clock, but... Be there early. Show up at 5, show up at 6. We will be there, too, probably messing and uh, messing around and making sure everything uh, works there. So, again, uh, thank you uh, to everyone for listening to episode number 161 right here on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and, of course, the biggest website that is out there, BelieveInGreenNation.com. We'll see you on Thursday. You've been listening to BGN Radio right here on BleedingGreenNation.com. Fueled by Duncan Philly and part of the Liberty Broadcast Network.
Folks, we have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcast, and we thank you for choosing ours.